probably shouldn't have happened any of the times, right? The fail Mary, the missed field goal, and then this year, Utah State already on its backup quarterback with Cooper Lega with Bonner's season-ending injury. Cooper goes down with a concussion. Second quarter, Levi Williams, the backup, the original third stringer, goes down with an ankle injury. Rise into the occasion, Bishop Davenport, the true freshman from Spring, <laughs> Texas, up in the burbs of Houston. Dude didn't get to campus till June. Dude hasn't had any reps with the team since fall camp. <laughs> and even those fall camp reps were extremely limited. He's yeah. pretty much on the practice squad. He's a developmental player that is spending time in the weight room building muscle mass because he's redshirting. And they throw him on the field. First two drives, he manufactures scoring drives. Field goal, and then touchdown, runs it in with his legs. And it was all he needed to do because guess what happened after that? Utah State's <laughs> defense, they did not let the Rams move the chains whatsoever. And Utah State gets out of there with a 17-13 win. So resilient, resilient win. And that's something that I know the coaching staff and the players can recognize. And really one of those that if it, if it doesn't go the Aggies' way, you can kind of understand just losing the quarterbacks like he did, but one that they definitely needed to have. Yeah, and um, a lot of people called it an ugly win. Let's let's hear what Blake Anderson said had had to say about that on Monday. Huge road win, beautiful, pretty road win. Um, man, considering all that went wrong on Saturday to get a win, uh, the uh, the phrase "ugly win" does not apply anymore. Man, we that's a game you're supposed to lose, and we didn't. There's Blake Anderson. Uh, sarcastically calling it a beautiful win. Obviously, the final score was 17-13, so doesn't look that great against a 1-4 a team that lost to Sacramento State, but when you consider uh, you're coming in as a 2-4 squad that lost to Weber State, I, I agree with Anderson there. No such thing as an ugly win in this 2022 season. Hey, I'm not going to put up with any Wildcat slander in this booth, all right? Weber State's undefeated. They just took down Eastern Washington. They're coming for, for that FCS title. So I think that's a badge of honor that the Aggies should have, that they got to grace the sidelines with the future FCS champion, Weber State Wildcats. Yeah, so if they go on somehow to win the FCS championship, uh, you know, not an easy feat. Uh, does that mean, you know, USU has a, a transitive uh, second-place finish at the FCS level? Do you want to claim that even? But Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I mean, if they, got, if they got the win, that'd be a transitive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but not no, but no, not you, no, don't, no. you don't want a second place. No, nah, but I mean back to back to the game on Saturday. Blake Anderson totally tongue in cheek, obviously, but he recognizes it. He recognizes the fallibility that the team had that day and how easily it could have gone differently. You know, Utah State, minus the quarterback problems, their offense did not give themselves a very good chance to win that game. Lagaf throws an interception when he was hit. The Rams get it in the red zone. Then there's a punt blocked in the red zone, and then Robert Briggs fumbles the ball in the red zone. So the Colorado State, their defense forced three turnovers, granted the ball to the Rams' offense inside the red zone. How many points, Jake, did they get out of those three automatic trips to the red zone? i got to thank my friend Jason Turner on this one. I think he said six in the the conference on Monday. Uh, You're correct. You know, you could just, uh, you know, I've watched the game and known that too. (laughs) I I was there. I watched it. I you know I just I don't get bogged down in that kind of that kind of statistics. It is important though, and it was it was really impressive from the Aggie defense. Um, the Aggies defense they bailed the Utah State offensive team out of jail. <laughs> excuse me, out of the game. <laughs> it felt it felt like jail to wait. You know, sure. Just how 
they were just trapped doing nothing, especially that second half after the, t- the first two drives, you know, that Davenport got. Nothing was really going, and my rate of issues for that, most of it being you got a quarterback that doesn't even know, that doesn't even have the playbook accessible to him, right? Yeah. Credit Calvin Tyler for uh, for his running game. He had another, his third in a row of over 100 yards, and <laughs> he uh, he was able to run run the clock out that last drive that the Aggies offense had. But for the most part, it was the defense getting the stops. They gave up 74 total yards of offense to the Rams in that second half. And the, the one time Colorado State looked like they were moving the ball, they had a big 24-yard completion kind of midway through the fourth quarter. Get them almost to midfield. The next play, our boy Gerv. <laughs> Safety Gervin Hall, Miami transfer, sits back in coverage, gets the interception. And can we talk about that play for a moment? Well, we we certainly can. Um I mean, you can you can break it down, but I what was most interesting to me was uh, how he entered the end zone. Right. Do you recall that? <laughs> oh, he was breaking it down into yeah. it. My guy Gerv gets that pick, Brad, 35-yard line or so. He's got to run 65 yards, quick math, you know. He's cruising down. He's scampering in. There's already a flag down for the holding. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he doesn't know that, though. He's running as fast as he can. My guy does a flip into the end zone. Somersault flip. He didn't land on his feet. <laughs> but it was graceful. It was graceful. It, yeah, it was beautiful. You know, they, they, there's some athletic dudes in the secondary. Have you seen a Johnny Carter do some oh, backflips yeah. when he, yeah. he he'll celebrate with some backflips and stuff? Uh-huh. Gervin Hall flips into the end zone, gets the unsportsmanlike <laughs> penalty, which sets back the Aggies even further. But it was all for naught because it wasn't a touchdown anyway. He's got callback for holding. But yeah, but still gets the turnover there, seals the game. The offense able to to drain those last five minutes or so. And get a, a beautiful win in Fort Collins. Beautiful. So, let's go ahead and hear some more from Blake Anderson. Uh, you mentioned Cooper Legault and Levi Williams hurt, but uh, Byron Vaughn's defensive end also taken out of that game early. Let's hear an update from Blake Anderson on those injuries. You know, everything for us day-to-day at this point, uh, clearly they were pretty obvious injuries, and, and with protocols in place, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really depend on, on what happens in the next 24, 48 hours, what kind of progress those guys make. We'll follow the protocol. They are in the protocol, and if they're cleared, we'll be ready for them to play. If not, we'll be ready to play without them, and that's going to be a day-to-day process. So, day-to-day, is that what you wanted to hear, Jacob? I mean, it was the truth on Monday, I yeah, think. it was. And it it was, was the truth. Just two days and it's now. an easy thing to say, and obviously with college football, uh, injuries are not disclosed. It's a very private thing. We saw yeah. that when Bonner, season-ending injury against the UNLV, it doesn't go public until the day of the BYU game that Cooper Lagaw is playing, right? Um, well, what I can say, let's I don't know what I can say about this situation. <laughs> um, I would say concussions are tricky. I would be very, very surprised if we see Lagaw. I will say Levi Williams has gotten some reps in practice with his ankle. So it could still be Davenport. Bishop Davenport has been getting reps in practice this week as well. Levi could step up and be the guy, though. He could be healed, but that's still TBD on what's going to happen. Still still day-to-day, but I I would like the, ch- the chances of one of those guys, either Lagaw or Levi, playing Saturday, my money would be with Levi Williams. I would be surprised to see Lagaw out there 
a week after sustaining a concussion, especially with this team and training staff. They they do not take those head injuries no. lightly. Yeah, and it was it was a rough hit. Um, it's Anderson said, called it out during the press conference. Uh, he doesn't necessarily complain about calls all that often. Maybe a little more so this year, but um, it was it was a bad missed call on on a slide that Cooper Legaw made, and he got hit in the head on his way down. And I, you know, I don't know if that's the exact play that caused that injury, but it definitely didn't help. Um, but yeah, if you if you if you had to, you know, if I had to make a bet right now, I definitely think um, we're seeing uh, Bishop. Actually, I think that he maybe starts over Levi, and they hold Levi in to to see what's happening. However, it seems like maybe you've seen a little bit more than I have. Yeah, I, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, it would obviously be a fantastic storyline if Levi Williams is oh, yeah. healthy and a starter on Saturday because guess what playing Wyoming his former team right mm-hmm. and then guess who the starting quarterback is for the pokes <laughs> Andrew Peasley Pease. so oh, former man. Aggie against a former cowboy starting against each other yeah. on Saturday that would be that would be a heck of a matchup that would definitely have fireworks and that's that's something that we can touch a little bit more on about yeah, Andrew Peasley but um, I, whatever happens, I think the offense will be ready for the unexpected. Um, and y- you never know. Bishop's a mobile guy, too. If he turns something, gets knocked out, we might be down to Garrett Larson, right? The fifth stringer from, from Davis High, you know? So yeah. it's totally wide open on the quarterback situation. One thing I would say a little bit of, I don't want to call it criticism, but something to, something to point out, you know, just throwing it out there. It's something you might have asked this question on Monday about right. are you coach are you concerned about having these mobile quarterbacks you were specifically asking about Bishop Davenport but are you concerned about him running and risking getting hurt and Anderson admitted, admitted yes I am concerned but we gotta do we gotta do well, what he let's plays. let him say oh, let's okay, let okay, him okay. say I got it here uh, every time he will take off uh, I, I'm gonna be nervous but. You know we're in the mix. We're in the heat of this thing, and I told Coach Tuck, "You got to you got to call plays to win the game." Uh, he's in good shape. He, he's run the ball his whole career. Uh, you got to do what you got to do to win the game. And so we we tried to call plays that gave us a strategic advantage, give us numbers. His feet are valuable. His ability to run obviously was a problem, and we cannot be afraid to run the offense. Now, he can be smart about getting down and getting out of bounds and try not to take any unnecessary hits, but we tell the same thing to Coop and Levi. Um, you know, We were trying to encourage all those guys to be smart about when to run with your shoulder down and when to slide and get out of bounds. So all of that is stuff we'll have to address, but we want defenses to have to defend the, the entire offense. Defend the entire offense. What do you think there? Yeah, so that's Blake Anderson. Mostly he was talking about Bishop Davenport and then a yeah. little bit more broad. Uh, so – he says we need to make plays to win the game, right? And I, I think where my criticism comes in on the mobility is when you're playing Colorado State and the first couple drives of the game, Lagaw, there are design run plays for quarterback Cooper Lagaw, probably like three or four of them. And then he got hit in the backfield a few times, even before the hit that we think ultimately caused the concussion. He still got hammered a couple times. And just my thought process is, yes, you got to put your chips on the table, play to win the game. But in the first couple drives of the game, letting your quarterback get hammered 
I don't know if that was the best decision, you know? You can't it's football, it's a physical violent sport, guys are going to get injured, but when you're playing Colorado State, you got to maybe give yourself a little bit of margin of error, you know, let things develop a little bit before you decide, "Okay, we got to rely on our quarterback and his legs." And, and I mean, it's something that's benefited the Aggies greatly ever since Bonner went down having a mobile quarterback in there like Coop. But he's injured now, you know? He's got yeah. a concussion. And he can't help the team from the sidelines, you know. And so it's a, it's a tough balance between helping the team on the ground and protecting the players. And we're going to have to see them battle that for the rest of the season. Whoever is healthy and playing, because all three guys rely on their legs. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting. And, and the more, more you talk about it, the more um, I seeing Levi in his pads towards the end of the game... Um, I do think, you know, maybe, maybe they give Levi the start just because of that extra emotion, but we'll see. Uh, we'll talk more about that preview later, but really quick, I wanted to mention um, the Utah Statesman, Aggie Radio, and and Blue Light, uh, all student media organizations here at USU, were able to travel to Fort Collins uh, as part of a student involvement e- exchange trip with Colorado State University, and um, it was a really cool experience. I was able to go there. That's why I was able to cover that game in person, and... Um, it's uh, it's really cool, and, and we're always looking for new people to work at student media. So, of course, if you want to reach out and, and uh, join the team, it's where I got my start, where I'm still working, where Jacob got his start. So, Yeah, no, I, let, let's hear a little bit about, about that Fort Collins trip. You know, last year I was the sports editor here. We went down to Vegas. You know, that was an awesome trip. A lot of statesman people, student media, student events, you know, I played, I don't know what we're allowed to talk about on air, but I played blackjack <laughs> with our boy, Lucas Stevens, the president. You know, it was a good time. Sure. I was thinking this year, you guys are going to Fort Collins. That's not Vegas. Yeah. Fort Collins is just a little college town. So how was it? What, what were the vibes like? What did you guys do? How was Fort Collins? Um, it, w- it was great. We uh, made a lot of content. I'm sure you saw, uh, if you follow the Statesman on Instagram or Twitter, I'm sure you saw a lot of that content and a lot of that uh um, a lot of things we put out. We we that Canvas Stadium is impressive. It's a really nice facility there at Colorado State. There um, is it really, named after Canvas? Like no, no, not the school. It's, no. it's a credit union oh, in good. Colorado. <laughs> I I <laughs> there's some people a little worried there. You know, like what? You know, I don't want my homework sponsoring a football game. I'm trying to get away from my homework right now. Yeah. No, it's a it's a credit union. So you know, I had Canvas in high school, and you know what I was most excited about college. Way back in the day when I was going. Getting rid of Canvas. Getting rid of Canvas. Guess what? I go here. <laughs> guess what we have here? Canvas. Yeah. I uh, had it in so, high school, too. I don't mind Canvas. Personally, I mind it. But. I mind it. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that's, uh, you know, highlights from the student media trip uh, as well. Uh, able to talk with their student media program there. They have a big station there, KCSU, is their radio show. I was able to go on and preview the Aggies and, you know, give our, our thoughts and our keys for the game, and that was really fun and grateful for them for having us on and, we're going to try and return the favor and see if we can get them on for a preview of in the basketball season. But, you know, we'll, we'll get to that later uh, here on the Aggie Sports Radio Show. But uh, just a great trip. And if you're a student listening, uh, student media, always looking to hire. If you want to get experience, uh, feel free to reach out uh, online and through Handshake. Just a quick pitch for y'all walking in the TSC, listening, whatever. I got my start doing sports stuff. I got a lot of different freelance opportunities going on right now, but I got the start with the Statesman. Guess what happened? I just love Sam Maryland and Mia's Keta, you know, with basketball. They wrote a game. They won a big game against Boise State my freshman year. I wrote a column about it. Got published by the Statesman. I got hired. 
two years later, I was the editor of the, the of the sports section for the states, and you know, so it can happen fast if you have talent, if you like writing, if you like sports, or even any of the other stuff, the news, lifestyles. Yeah, it's a great place to get started. If you need to pay your tuition and you're looking for a job, this ain't the place, you know. But <laughs> go <laughs> but work at Walmart. But if you want to yeah. work up the ladder, come join the no, no better media. place. No better place. Uh, that'll do it for this first segment here on the Aggie Radio Sports Show. Stick around. We're talking Aggie uh, volleyball, soccer, and then hoops. Uh, we have some Mountain West uh, preseason predictions out that we'll be talking about what they mean and our reaction to that. And then at the end of the show, we'll be previewing the Wyoming game this Saturday. Of course, talking about our good friend, Andrew Peasley. Peace. Aggie Radio is brought to you by USU Student Media. Student Media is an organization in the Student Involvement and Leadership Center that allows students to hone their skills in the professional world. Positions like sales, writers, photographers, and many more are available. Go to usustudentmedia.usu.edu to learn how you can get involved. Once again, that's usustudentmedia.usu.edu. Hello Aggies, this is Blair Barfus, your Chief of Police at Utah State University. You're listening to Aggie Sports Radio on 92.3 KBLU LP Logan. Hey, this is Maggie from the Mosaic Podcast and you're listening to Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU LP Logan. Beaver Mountain supports this program on 92.3. Student and adult season passes are available. Rentals are available online. Beaver Mountain is located in Logan Canyon, just over 20 miles away from Logan. Family owned from the beginning. Learn more about Beaver Mountain at skithebeave.com. Welcome back to Aggie Radio 92.3. KBLU LP Logan. I'm Jacob Nielsen. With me, Jake Ellis. This is the Aggie Sports Radio Show. Presented by the Utah Presented Statesman, by the Utah Statesman. You know, if you're listening later, you can find us on podcasts at the Statesman Sports Desk. You know, Jake, today is a special day. Do you know why? Why? Yeah, it's the day is October 19th, 1019, you know? And I I I'm just grateful to be in the booth of, you know, Aggie Radio, we're talking sports, but usually what, what what's going on? It's alternative music. We're an alternative music yeah. station, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just I want to take a moment. My favorite alternative music station of all time was one hundred one point nine FM in Salt Lake City. New alternative. It stood from two thousand and sixteen to two thousand and nineteen. My high school days, right? <laughs> and it, banger, new alternative, great station, right? Sure. It went down fall of twenty nineteen. I always recognize today. 10, 19 <laughs> as the day that 1019, 1019 oh, no. FM died. So, you know, it was an excellent alternative. We don't have that anymore. Fortunately, there's excellent alternative songs being played at Aggie Radio. So that's, uh, that's a good thing. But anyways, let's get back to sports. We're talking, talking basketball, women's basketball, men's basketball. You know, the season's right around the corner. So, Jake, what's happening? You want to jump into hoops first? Let's do it. All right, so... To today, um, and by today I mean today, <laughs> is uh, the uh, poll for the media that predicts the order of finish for the Mountain West came out. 
Do you know what team was number one? This is men's basketball, by the way. I'm going to say San Diego State was number one. You just wrote an article about this. It's not really <laughs> fair. I, I don't even know why I was trying to make it a quiz. But like you said, San Diego State gets 16 of the possible 20 first place votes. Do you agree with that? Um, well, objectively, yes. I, they historically are the best team. They returned a strong unit, get a big transfer from Seattle. I actually would have voted for Wyoming myself because they returned they return Graham Ike and Hunter Maldonado, play, you know Mountain West players, uh, you know on the on the first team last season. Plus a transfer from UCLA in their front court, and so I think Wyoming is the team to beat personally. But I don't blame anyone for choosing San Diego State. Brian Dutcher, he's always got that program cranking. They are ranked in the AP Top 25, so you know what? I'm cool with it. I, no no gripes here. I would have chosen Wyoming, but it is what it is. Um, I, I was talking with a CBS broadcaster, um, you know, that does college basketball, college football. We were talking about hoops, and he said uh, Wyoming is the team to beat. So he, he agrees with you there, and I think I agree as well just because they've been solidified. It's going to take a, a minute, I think, for San Diego State to incorporate some of these. They have four starters returning, of course, but, you know, some guys that they really think are going to be productive, they're going to have to work in a little bit. But they have Matt Bradley still, and you know either one's not a bad choice for sure. But where does that leave our Aggies? The Utah State Aggies are all the way down. Are they third? Nope. No. Are they fourth? Nope. No. Fifth, sixth, seventh? Nope. Utah State men's basketball comes in at number eight in the men's basketball Mountain West Conference preseason poll. What are our initial reactions about? Number eight. <laughs> I mean, I think I feel a little stronger about this than you do, but that is disrespectful. Are you kidding? They're putting us below UNLV. They're putting them against New Mexico. And, of course, the voting came out before Isaiah Stevens' injury came out. He's a Colorado State point guard, a terrific athlete. They're still going to be good. But with that injury, maybe even we sneak over Colorado State. So I think it's disrespectful. What do, what do you think? So I think, you know, if you look at it, if you just take a step back, where did Utah State finish last year? It, people might forget this because Utah State was always high in in the RPI. They were high in um, in Ken Palm and the net rankings and fighting for a tournament spot for part of the year. Yeah. But they only finished sixth in the Mountain West last year. They were sixth place. They had a losing record in the conference. wasn't great. But what what did they have last year? They had two guys that earned second team All Mountain West Conference honors. And forwards, Justin Bean and Brandon Horvath. What happened to Justin Bean and Brandon Horvath? They're both playing professional basketball. They're gonzo. Graduated. And so, if you just look at it, if you look at the numbers, the team that finished sixth in the conference last year lost their two guys that finished all-conference last year. It makes sense that they go down to eighth. It it makes sense. I I can see it. But let me counterpoint. Fresno State, their best player was Orlando Robinson. He's gone, too. He went to the NBA draft, right? So how are the Bulldogs in the Valley above Utah State? The Valley. <laughs> they won the Valley Trophy against San Jose State last week in football. Oh. Uh, this is big stuff. No, but you're totally right. He w- Orlando, he was their entire team, and they weren't yeah. even that good. No. Somehow he San leaves. San Jose State basketball ahead. almost beat them in the tournament last yeah. year. Let me just be very clear about they're, that. They're no bueno, respectfully. Yeah. New Mexico, they got talent returning. Uh, New Mexico is a team that everyone wants to be great because they have a great fan base and historically have a good basketball program. They were terrible last year. Yeah, They add a couple transfers, but they haven't done anything to say that they should be as high as they were. And then UNLV, they lose their, their main ringer as well, and they're ahead of the Aggies still. So 
I'm kind of with you. If you're just looking on paper, just at the Aggies, it makes sense while they're eighth. But then if you look at the teams ahead of them, yeah. there was so much production that was lost last year, not just the Aggies. And it is a little bit disrespectful for them to be as low as they are. But guess what happened last time they were they were this low? Man, they, they shocked some people. They shocked some people. First year of the Craig Smith tenure, the 2018 to 2019 season, they were picked to finish ninth. Sam Merrill, Namias Keta, Dale Gobrito, Abel Porter. The boys rallied, beat Nevada at home, that crazy game, yeah. the fire extinguisher and all <laughs> that good stuff. They shared the regular season title with Nevada and then won the conference tournament. So, you know, preseason rankings, that's what they are. It's literally, it's two, it's 20 media guys from the Mountain West Conference deciding this. They really don't mean anything except for just something to talk about, which is what we're doing. And so, but I, I, I think it is fair if you look at returning personnel and stuff, but the rest of the conference, you'd, you'd like to think that Utah State's a little bit better than New Mexico. Yeah, and to be fair, I, w- I will look at the vote numbers. Um, Utah State gets 96 votes. Fresno State's just five ahead at 101. Sorry, these are points, not total votes. And then UNLV at 110. So they're, those are all really close, and I agree that that tier might be uh, – pretty pretty close um objectively like you said on paper same with san diego state and wyoming they're just separated by 12 points and then boise state colorado state and new mexico they're a little closer i don't get that new mexico i mean those two guards they are fantastic but uh you know mashburn and house we can talk about that more come hoop season but uh like you said i i want them to be better because that is just a historic program it's super cool the pit is awesome but I don't think that they're there right now. Hey, here's something for you, though. For Aggies fans concerned, if we're looking at other preseason stuff, Utah State was picked 68th in Ken Palm to start the season, which is a database that is pretty accurate and coaches and media alike take very, very seriously. That was the third best in the Mountain West. So there is belief from outside sources that the Aggies are better than eighth in the conference. Ken Palm, one of the most respected (laughs) basketball minds. Yeah. In the country, he thinks that they're they're the third best team, or at least his algorithm does. Ken Pomeroy, he came to the spectrum last season. He's the guy that that developed this Ken Palm metric, right? And uh, I don't know, man. Maybe he's a little sweet on the Aggies because he he stands by him. You know, it's obviously it's data. It's not his personal sway in there, but um, for for whatever reason, he he kept believing on Utah State through last season. Obviously, wound up getting that NIT bid, uh, get that nod that you know you are. You know, one of the top programs. You're not. You're not sitting home in March, so that was nice to see. But uh, they they were sitting home pretty quick. Yeah, after sure. the after the Ducks <laughs> came to town. Yeah. Well, you know, Isaac Johnson liked town so much though that he decided to to swing. Oh, that, that's true. He decided he was going to stick around a little while, huh? <laughs> yeah. Let's for the first AP top twenty five poll. College basketball also came out this week. Only one Mountain West team ranked. It's San Diego State at nineteen. Wyoming also received votes. They got uh, 25. So what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be – I think it's that's respect for the conference that they get someone in the top 25, especially after the tournament went so poorly when all four teams that made it lost their games, right? I think Wyoming, if they perform well in non-conference, like I think they will, I think they're going to climb up there, and I think they're just going to keep climbing. They're not a top 10 team. Maybe not even a top 15 team, but I think they are one of the 25 best teams in college basketball, and the Pokes going to be forced to be reckoned with. For sure. 
go ahead and swing over to Women's Hoops, uh, their media days last week, and uh, let's uh, look at that order of finish. Uh, you know, I, I know somebody that they got to vote for that. Yeah. He's who? standing right here in the booth with me. <laughs> Jake, what do you think? You you voted. Well, what are your thoughts on the women's? I did vote. Um, I feel like, for the most part, it kind of stacked out how I thought. Um, with the exception of Utah State down at the bottom, number 11, their predicted finish in the conference. I had them a little higher up. I, I had them maybe a little too high, just a little optimistic. I was trying to balance it out because I know some other media members may may not look too kindly on the Aggies that, you know, swap in 13 new players, but those transfers look pretty good. Um, and so I voted for them to finish seventh. I know that's a little ballpark in the sky, but, I you know, I think 11th is, is not accurate. I think that they'll be better than San Jose State. I think they'll be better than Fresno for sure. I know less about the women's basketball than the men's, and I don't even know that much about the men's. I've been in football mode, you know? (laughs) But let's say the same thing. The best two players from Utah State last season, Kaylin Ranhawa and what's Kezada's first name? Sorry? What was that question? Ranhawa and Kezada. They were the two best players for Utah State basketball last year. Yeah. They both left the program, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's the same thing. Your two best players leave. They finished towards the bottom, but kind of the middle of the pack last year. They won a, a conference tournament game against yeah. Fresno State. Credit to him for that. But you lose your two best players. Yes, transfers are coming in, but they're not proven. We don't know how this team is going to look. And so, I mean, I don't know how the rest of the women's team shake out in the league, but from a team that was bottom of the conference last year, had a few great wins, but lost a lot of the talent that helped them get that those wins, it makes sense why they would be uh, towards the bottom, and in this case, rock bottom. So how the rest of it shook out, UNLV predicted to finish on top again. They got 26 of the 28 first-place votes. New Mexico got the other two. Of course, you can't vote in market, so that's the reason for that, I believe. Um, And then where Quezada ended up, San Diego State, they're up at five, so they expect some improvement from the Aztecs there. But it should be exciting one. They're doing Aggie madness again this season. Kayla Ard going to give away $500 to a student that attends that um, you know, preseason exhibition. Do you know how many hot and spices you can buy with $500? <laughs> can you do the math for me? There's been inflation. I'm not really sure where it's I, at. You know, with this economy, <laughs> ask me next year, it'll probably be like 12 or 13. But <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> back back in my day, you could get almost 500 minus tax. That's a lot. That's a lot of hot and spices. Back in your day. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah, it should be exciting and what the uh, the Aggie women's team had to say about that, Kayla Art said, that's exactly where they want to be. They want to be underestimated. They want that chip on their shoulder. So they have it. Now they got to go in and do something with it and show some improvement here in Kayla Art's third season as head coach. You know, for the women's team this year, I just want to see a group that is just, they're just a bunch of gym rats, you know. They just are so dialed in on basketball. We've had kids in the past that, not specifically last year, but the women's basketball team, I think they have a hard time keeping talent in Logan. And just I, I just hope that the players that they have this year rally around the team, and they don't even have to rally around the community. I don't care about that. But I just want them to be hoopers that just put forth their best effort in every single game. And that's what, that's what Kayla Hart would say, too. But it, it makes me sad to see so many women's basketball players transfer out of the program when, hey, like it's, it's a good thing going here. It's nice facilities. Art's trying to build something. So let's just see a group of girls this year that is just committed to that in year three of the Ard tenor and see if it can reap some benefits. Yeah, and it, some of it is just the way that it's been recruited where a lot of a lot of girls 
graduated last year. There were graduate transfers that this was their last year of eligibility. Or, you know, there's uh, Emmy Harris, Aggie legend, who graduated. So, it's all time assist leader yeah. program history. Emmy Harris, legend. Legend. a legend for sure. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I'd like to see a little more stability from that program um, as they they try to rebuild here and try and contend for the Mountain West in the future. Let's go ahead and jump to Aggie volleyball. Joël volley. Do you know what language that was? French. Uh, you're you're right. All right. That's all. That's all I remember from from French one in seventh grade. Joël volley is volleyball. <laughs> seventh grade is a long time ago. Yeah, you know I remember some things, bro. Well, this last week the Aggies they beat Boise State, one of the top teams in the conference, at home in five sets, three two. But they went down to Vegas, faced uh, Shelby. Capion's uh, former squad and fell in five sets, two to three. But you know, UNLV is a good squad. Taking them to five sets, pretty impressive. Especially on the road, you know, because yeah. Utah State volleyball hasn't played. They're kind of in. I don't want to call them a different team on the road, but without Club Estes, you know, they're not, they don't quite have the same edge. So taking UNLV to five, it's the same result as if you get swept. But UNLV's had a nice season in volleyball, and so pushing them to the limit, I'm sure they'd want that one back. But hey, you got to feel good about that. Yeah, for sure. We got. A story about Shelby Capion, an outside hitter, a bit undersized, undersized. She's five eight, but really talented from Hawaii. UNLV transfer. Um, so we have a story coming out this next week in the Statesman. So make sure you grab a copy of the paper, read that online. It's written by our good friend Nate Dunn. Uh, this week, Aggie volleyball squad is on the road. At first, they travel to Laramie tomorrow night, Thursday. If you're listening Laradice. to this in the future. <laughs> Man, you just can't wait to get to that football game. I cannot we'll, wait we'll, we'll to get to Laird Ice this weekend. <laughs> and then uh, Spectrum Go Magic. Go to Taco John's, man. Yeah. <laughs> the original Taco the original John's. But uh, Spectrum Magic on Saturday uh, with Colorado State coming to town, the best volleyball team in the conference from many metrics, San Jose State, in that contention right now as well with the Aggies. But Colorado State, of course, split the crown with the Aggies last season, so it will be a big one there. Handing out 250 T-shirts to the first people that get there to support the Aggies, uh, that same kind of color matching the, the seats of the Spectrum. So, should be a good time. Uh, Saturday night at 7 p.m. Jake, remember what volleyball coach Rob Nielsen said after Utah State beat Colorado State in that crazy game at home last year? No, I there's don't. a video in the locker room. He goes, he pauses, looks at his, at his team, and he goes, "Nobody beats the Aggies 38 times in a row because the Rams, <laughs> Rams volleyball." really good in the conference they had dominated the Aggies 37 wins in a row until last year the Aggies finally broke it and uh now they play them for the first time since that in in the spectrum they're going across the parking lot through the tunnel that I wish was there between the Wayne Estes Center <laughs> and the spectrum and so that that'll be a fun one spectrum magic um I there's no home football game you know so free t-shirts great volleyball doesn't sound like a bad idea. If I if I wasn't in Laredice on yeah. Saturday, then I'd be inclined to go. Let's go ahead and jump to Aggie soccer really quick. Uh, this last week, Aggies went uh, one and one. They they lost one in San Jose, a tough one, two to one. Jordan Foraker scored in that one, and then uh, they they rounded it out when they went up to the Valley. They they beat the Bulldogs two zero. Uh, Jordan Foraker again scoring in that one. That's why she was nominated for. Uh, the player of the week, uh, that one actually went to a tennis player this week. I can't pronounce his name, but he did a really nice job at the ITA Regionals for the Aggies. Um, and then... Is Jordan Forker, she's our Alaskan friend, right? Yes. Yeah, she's from Anchorage, Alaska. Coming down here, 
scoring goals, getting points for the Aggies. Good for her. <laughs> Sammy Murdoch, of course, scoring as well. She's done a really nice job this season up top. And, um, yeah, like he said, uh, it's nice to see some some numbers from Forker because she had – I think she had a goal earlier this season, but she had gone a little quiet. Um, so it's good to see her getting back on the board. For the Aggies this week, uh, tomorrow – 4 p.m. at the Bell, they take on San Diego State at 4. I'm on that call, actually, on the Mountain West Network, so if you can't make it, tune in. Hey, so, you know, pull pull it up on your feed, press the mute button, <laughs> well, put, put the pods in the air so you can't hear the call, just enjoy it. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing, just playing. Jake does a great job on the broadcast. Thanks. Dial into that. We're getting a little too pro- promotional today. Maybe, yeah, you know? a little bit. I'm sorry. This isn't an ad. Uh, it's just, yeah, I just love Utah State, man. I'm sorry, but. Then uh, Sunday, 1 p.m. in the Bell as well. New Mexico comes to town. So two top-of-the-conference teams, San Diego State and New Mexico, perennial really good teams um, that look a little bit, uh, I don't know, fragile is the right word, but, you know, the Aggies uh, could maybe pull off something here. San Diego State nearly lost to Colorado College, and then they did, Colorado College did beat New Mexico. Yeah, you know, this is a huge week for USU soccer because, you know, they started the the conference play, you know, towards the top of the standings. And, you know, they're still top half of the conference, but two home games against teams that have really strong programs but are, you know, looking a little bit iffy can really, excuse me, San Diego State. They're one first, and two. No, they are one and two. They are one and two. I didn't realize that. I thought New Mexico was further down last time I checked. San Diego State and New Mexico, one and two in the league. Right now, Utah State is fifth. And so, huge opportunity at home to make up some ground in the point column for the conference. Utah State is at 13 points right now, I believe. And yeah. wait, tell me, Jake, what, what are San Diego State and New Mexico at? 16 for the Aztecs, 15 for the Lobos. Yeah, so, I mean, simple math. If Utah State can win at home against San Diego State... They take three points, boom, tied at 16, back in first place, 5-1. to one. So massive, massive, massive match on Thursday for the Aggies. Yeah, it it should be a good one. I think uh, one that Coach Martins and his squad will be hyped up for, and, you know, it, 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 it will be a good one to watch for sure. Well, we're going to go ahead and go to a break. When we come back, previewing Utah State versus Wyoming football, of course, uh, the late-night matchup on Saturday. We'll be right back. This is Kipper Snack. You're listening to Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU LP. Welcome back to Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU LP Logan. This is the Aggie Sports Radio Show. I'm Jacob Nielsen with me, the sports editor of the Utah Statesman, Jake Ellis. If uh, you're not listening live, you can find us at the States and Sports Desk podcast. Um, you know, we spent first portion of the hour, you know, we were chatting Utah State football, their big win against Colorado State, you know, talked a little basketball, a little bit of Olympic sports with volleyball and soccer. And now let's, let's tie it back in. Let's wrap it up with football talk. Enough about the past. Let's turn our attention to the to the future this weekend. Another big divisional game against Wyoming in Laredice. Let's uh, let's see what uh, Blake Anderson ha- had to say about this one. 
Well, so what I have from Anderson is what he uh, had to say about Andrew Peasley. Of course, Utah State's backup last season transferred to Wyoming. He's been starting for the Cowboys. Let's hear what he has to say about him. Well, I've talked to him several times this year. Love the kid. Encourage him. Told him congrats on big wins. Told him good luck every every week but one. And, and I and I mean that, man. He, man, I cried when the kid told me he was leaving. I I love the kid and love what he brought to our table and wish him nothing but the best. Just on Saturday, we got we got to try to make him really uncomfortable. Got to make him uncomfortable. A mobile quarterback, uh, possibly one of the the better of that type that the Aggies have faced on this season. You know, other than the, the last year's Heisman winner, we won't talk about that. But uh, what do you think of this one? You know, this is interesting what Blake said because it's a funny contrast from what we heard from Craig Bowles, the Wyoming coach, from his uh, press conference this week. Blake Anderson, what we heard, cried when Andrew Peasley left. I'm not sure if we caught this part of the segment, but he also said that he's texting Peasley throughout the week, right? And then he said he's cheering for him in every game but one. Craig Bowles in the press conference, Wyoming's head coach. Guess what he said about Levi Williams, the quarterback that transferred from Wyoming to Utah State? Tell us. Nothing. He (laughs) talked about Bonner. He talked about Lagaf. He even talked about Bishop Davenport. He did not say an iota about Levi Williams. <laughs> so I, I don't know Craig Bowles. I don't want to slander him. But, I mean, Blake Anderson, nice words to say about Andrew Peasley. And, you know, I'm happy for Pease because Pease, he had his opportunity, was beat out by Bonner, but still was a great leader and was put in the role where he had to make big plays at certain parts of last year's season. Aggies don't win the Mountain West last season without Peasley. Without Peasley. And so he wanted a bigger opportunity. I do not blame him. Goes to Laramie. And, you know, Wyoming's not having a great season, but they're much better than people thought they would be after they had over 20 contributing players transfer from their program over the winter. And so happy for Pease. It's going to be really fun for the Aggies to face him. I I got to talk to uh, Calvin Tyler yesterday, starting running back for Utah State. Calvin was like, look, I know exactly what Pease is going through because Calvin transferred from Oregon State and then got to play Oregon State in the bowl game. So Calvin, who's had nothing but good words to say about Pease, he said he was one of the first guys that he became friends with when he got here. But Calvin was like, hey, if Pease is anything like me, this is going to be the biggest game on his schedule, right? Because Calvin was like, last year, it wasn't a disrespect thing. It was just a massive chip on my shoulder. I wanted to go against Oregon State, put up big numbers. That's what Calvin Tyler did. Had a touchdown, ran for a lot of yards. It's going to be the same thing for Andrew Peasley, I think. I think that he's going to be extra motivated for this game. And that's not a disrespect thing. That's not a, oh, he does not like the Aggies because he didn't get to play. That's just human nature. You spend, play somewhere, doesn't quite work out for you. Go somewhere else, you get a chance to prove yourself against them. Yeah. It, he's going to, so the Aggies defense, they got to be ready. Maybe Pease will try to do a little bit too much. That could help Utah State. But uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see what Andrew can do. Yeah, the Cowboys, of course, they returned Titus Swan as well, who ran all over the Aggies uh, last year when the Cowboys uh, dominated, really, in senior night at Maverick Stadium. What can you say about him? Um, he's, he's a guy that – well, the way that you, Wyoming runs their offense is they want to get the run game going. So when it's working it, – they're going to take advantage of it. So that's something that Titus was able to do last year. And he'll obviously be wanting to build upon that. You know, I, I just, I think it's interesting. Um, just the, the relationship of this game, especially with last year, um, Lo- Utah State losing that game. Cause they were on a five game winning streak. And then Cedar Knight in the Mav, a chance to not clinch the mountain division, but essentially, you know, not have to worry, about not it. have to worry. 
they they lost control of their own destiny with that loss last year. Yeah. We're able to get it back because San Diego State beat Boise State. But the moral of the story is this was a, a, a low point in the season last year for Utah State. And, you know, I asked on Monday during the press conference, I asked Blake Anderson, I asked this question kind of knowing I was going to get this type of response, but I was kind of going for this response. So I kind of <laughs> made myself sound a little goofy for the sake of getting a response I wanted. So I was like, yo, Blake Anderson, what do you think of the rivalry? What do you think of the, the trophy, the Bridgers rifle? Yeah. And Blake Anderson kind of took the exception to that question. <laughs> he thought it was ridiculous, but he had a great, a great quote. He said, I don't care, but I saw, I saw them walking off with that gun last year and it pissed me off. That's what he said. And that, you know, so that Utah State is upset with the way that game went. I don't think they see this as some budding rivalry besides no. the, the connections between the quarterbacks and stuff. But they know the rivalry trophy is involved. Anderson added it would be a nice consolation prize if they got the rifle back. But pretty, pretty disrespectful, I think, they felt for on their senior night, the pokes to come in, run over them. Levi was the starting quarterback in that game, crazy enough and uh, take the bridge of rifle. So that's not the main purpose. The main purpose of this game is not getting the rifle back, but it's uh, it's going to add a little bit of spice to it. Yeah, a little bit, um, especially when you you know, you know had another chance at a cool trophy this year and you, you couldn't get it, couldn't get the wagon wheel. So, um, you know, like like you said, it's not the most important thing, but it's it's a little moral victory. It's a little thing to celebrate. Uh, it, it adds a little spice to your locker room when you can able when you're able to take that off the field and back into to the locker room so um it'll be a, it'll be a good one jake what are you thinking what does utah state have to do this week to be able to put forth the winning effort against wyoming especially if levi is the quarterback or bishop davenport well uh, i think it it they gotta they gotta come out first and, and score uh Having having that lead at Colorado State throughout the game was was so important. Throughout that second half was so important, and I don't know if we have you know Levi or Bishop. I don't know you know how much ice they have in their veins to to come back from more than a, a score or two. So I I would be concerned if the Aggies don't have a score within the first quarter. Personally, you know here's the reality: is Colorado State is kind of a joke on offense with they had a third string quarterback so much of their team had entered the transfer portal they were starting three true freshmen they even though i thought utah state's defense played really really well the rams were not in a position to move the ball very effectively no it's third string quarterback true freshman too if you grant wyoming wyoming isn't super dynamic on offense either but they run their schemes and they can execute and they can actually move the ball at times Mm -hmm. if you grant them three turnovers inside the red zone so they're gonna take they're gonna take advantage of it and it's gonna be over. Yeah. Now on the other side, Utah State's offense, they gotta be performing better this week, and I think they will because they're going to be ready with whoever they have in at quarterback, whether it's Levi Laga, who I don't think it will be with his concussion, or yeah. Bishop Davenport. Davenport been taking reps in practice this season or this week. He hasn't this season, finally this week, getting yeah. familiarized with the offense, with the personnel. And so the the team, whoever is going to be quarterback, they will have a scheme around being effective. And so unless crap hits the fan like it did against Colorado State and guys get injured and all of a sudden you got some some walk-on bro that no one's ever heard of, <laughs> which is almost – that's kind of what happened. Bishop's on scholarship, but 
most I knew who Bishop Davenport was because it's my job to kind of know the sure. roster, but yeah. I couldn't tell you anything about him. <laughs> and so, you know, so unless that happens, the offense will be in better shape. But I think with Wyoming, with the physicality that Wyoming has, it's going to come down to the run game for Utah State yeah. if the offense is ultimately going to be successful. Calvin Tyler and Robert Briggs, those two guys, they got to, one, secure the ball, and two, they got to get yards. The offensive line has got to establish themselves because Colorado State, that was their strength, was their defensive front. The Aggies did have minimal success against them. I think Wyoming's defensive front is only better, and so that's kind of the key matchup. Utah State running attack against the Wyoming defense, especially when I imagine the Cowboys are going to be loading the box, not totally respecting the arm of whomever is the quarterback. No. And uh, on the flip side, I think it, it, it'll it be on the defense to contain that Wyoming rush attack. If uh, they can't establish the run, the Cowboys are going to have a lot of trouble. And it, it's almost going to be similar to an Air Force kind of style. I, you know, it's not quite as run heavy, right? But it is so important to their offense. And if you can really shut that down, if you can play some good run defense like you have been, the last few weeks, at least you know, overall for the most part, uh, that'll give your offense the the best chance to win this one. Jake, I want to say something real quick regarding the Aggies defense, and I that's something they've really been the staple of the team this year, and the reason why they're three and four and still in the conversation in the Mountain West race is in a large part because of the defense and how they've performed. And one thing I want to point out is, yes, there have been a lot of injuries, especially that defensive tackle position, but you're going to look at all the starters on Saturday, and it's going to look almost identical to the starting depth chart to begin the year. Byron Vaughns is questionable with his in, with his con- concussion, right? But Halle and Pukesi in the defensive tackle, even though both those guys have banged up and their backups are out for the season, they're still in. The linebacking crew, MJ Tapisi and AJ Vampachon, those guys have played almost every snap this season. Yeah, They both lead the Mountain West in tackles essentially Number two and three yeah. two and three and both those guys you know they've I'm sure they've gotten bumps and bruises but they've played every single game and so I just want to say that's something mega for the Aggies is even though attrition has been a, a storyline there have been season ending injuries um, some of the maybe more minor week-to-week stuff hasn't been as bad and I I think that credit goes to Paul Jackson the uh, the, the weight or the, the weight lifting strength and conditioning yeah. coach thank you and what he's been able to do because his kind of philosophy especially during the summer is they build muscle mass they're a team that builds muscle mass but they also have a really strong focus on aerobic exercise and so what you have what you have this defense is maybe a little bit undersized compared to some other great yeah. defenses around the country in the conference but you have they're strong and they're extremely athletic and they're extremely well fit and I think that's the key some things, you know, if you get banged in the head with a concussion, whatever you did in the summer, training-wise, that's not going to help you no. be healthy. But stuff like bumps and bruises and just the wear and tear of a season, if you go into that season aerobically fit and really, really strong in that regard, that can help you stay consistent throughout the season. And that's something right now as we're getting into Week 8, that's what we're seeing from these this Aggies defense. Gervin Hall, he's good. Hunter Reynolds. Hunter Reynolds leads the team. In, in a lot of things, yeah. past breakups, tackles. Hey, is he first in tackles in this conference? Uh, I don't know if he's first. No, but he he's definitely, uh, you know, he got named an All-American by a PFF. And uh, half mid-season. Mid-season, which, yes. is, which is a big deal. So, you know, all these guys, all these names, yes, there have been a lot of injuries. We talk about um, Tuiaki, um, obviously, Philip Paella. But 
the starting group is mostly intact, even though a lot of them have endured some more minor injuries. And so I think that that for them to be playing as physical as they are with how healthy they've been for the most part, I think that that's credit to the coaching staff for really preparing the guys well for the season. It is. And I would be remiss if you for if, for, if we f- don't mention Ike Larson getting his first start this last week, the the Cache Valley native from Skyview. Was it maybe last, maybe it was two weeks ago, but you know, he he's getting a lot more reps than a really nice job. Was that Daniel Greshik on Monday that was like surprised that he was from Logan? Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> Daniel Greshik, another guy on that defensive end that's been yeah. huge filling the managers. Yeah. It's something we haven't talked about, but he loaded the stat tr- with last week with three and a half TFLs, three sacks. That does not happen in one game. You do not get that many big plays. He did. Pretty remarkable, but he kind of low key roasted the football talent of Cash Valley <laughs> in the Monday when he was like, My guy Ike's from Cash Valley. I couldn't believe it when I found that yeah. when I was from Logan. <laughs> Like that that's that's not a Logan boy, but he is, you know, pride of Cash Valley. Ike Larson, Logan Skyview, mm-hmm. redshirt freshman, started against Colorado State. So that's a that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, that Wyoming game is set to kick off at seven forty five, right here on Aggie Radio, ninety two point three. It's also broadcast on FS two. I know it's a channel a lot of people can't get all the time, so make sure you tune in to ninety two point three FM. You know, I will be there in person. Check the weather. Wind. Can you believe it? And the high plains of Wyoming, wind. And the snowy It's going to be windy in, on the snowy ridge. It's going to be a million miles up in the air. I don't know what the elevation is there, but it's wild, especially that press box. 7,200. Way up there. 7,200. That, that, that is a great pull. And it's going to be windy. Classic Laredice. It's not going to be nice. Late October game. But, you know, Utah State's going to go in there, try to take care of business. We'll see who the quarterback is. My money is on Levi Williams. Yours is on Bishop Davenport. Yeah, I mean, you maybe convinced me a little bit more, but uh, I definitely will, at some point, I think we'll see Davenport. And, uh, you know, this is a big game because if they win, you go into a bye week, and then you play two cream puffs in Hawaii and New Mexico. Knock on wood because, you know, yeah, you never know Yeah, hold on. No, don't but, put the cart in front of the horse but, 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 there. But. but especially if you can get to 3-1 and one in conference with three wins over divisional teams. Mm-hmm and then make the bye week, Utah State is really sitting pretty, and their path to the division really, I won't say clears up, but it, it's a lot more forward if it you can get the win. It runs through Boise and the Smurf turf, if, if you can do that. So we'll worry about that down the line, but it's just like what Blake Anderson said at the beginning of the season. He said, our goal, don't quote me on this, but I'm going to quote Blake Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said something to the, to the, the likes of, our goal is for that Boise game on Thanksgiving weekend to matter. Yeah. And amidst all the awful football that we've seen from the Aggies so far, somehow, some way, that is still intact. If they beat Wyoming, they improve to 500, vastly increase their bowl chances, and once again, that game at Boise on Black Friday will likely matter. Yeah, for sure. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Aggie Sports Ra- Aggie Radio Sports Show. That is. On 92.3 KBLULP Logan, of course, presented by the Utah Statesman. There's been some great articles lately. If you want to catch up on some of the, the personalities throughout Aggie sports, we got a feature on Jacob Garcia I wrote. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, he's a chef. Make sure to check that one out. He's the long snapper on the football team. This week we got a feature on Shelby Capion, an outside hitter from Hawaii, transfer from UNLV, and what she's been able to do for this Aggie squad. So, Make sure you pick up a copy of The Statesman, and thanks for listening.